Welcome to The Well, a podcast for mindful drinking. I'm Rodney Sinocruz, and in part two of our series on drinking in the age of coronavirus, Heyman Bamani and I sit down with Adam Robinson of Deadshot in Portland. We discuss doing business in the state of Oregon and how he's coping with the current situation. So we have with us Adam Robinson back on the show again. If you recall, we tapped into his daiquiri expertise a few episodes ago. He runs a bar called Deadshot in Portland. And we wanted to have him again because we wanted to discuss what, you know, other bar owners and bartenders are dealing with outside of California and how they're affected by the the state's uh, regulations with regard to stay-at-home orders. So, Adam, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Our pleasure. So, you know, this coronavirus is hitting everybody in the world and, you know, different municipalities or whatever are, are reacting differently to it. And of course, you're a bar owner and a bartender. So like, how have you been dealing with this personally and from your business perspective? I mean, you know, like everyone else out there, I mean, none of us were obviously prepared for this. Um, I do think... Oregon, you know, since it started off in Washington, I think that the officials here did a pretty good job of shutting it down pretty early. You know, we figured it was going to come down eventually. Anyways, we decided to close. And then within 48 hours, the governor forced everyone to close. Um, That was on the 14th of March. So it's been just over a month. And frankly, you know, um, I think for our situation, we're actually have been kind of, you know, I don't want to say fortunate, but like it could be so much worse for us right now. Um, Our landlord uh, is actually really he's working with us really well. Uh, We haven't, you know, figured anything out completely as far as like as far as I know, where, you know, we do still have to pay back any uh, past rent. But he's totally cool about that, and he's totally going to work with us on that. We applied for some government assistance as far as the PPP loans, and we actually did get approved for one. So, oh, great. Yeah, I mean, I think I follow maybe one person on social media who I've seen say they, they got one as well. You know, we're a new business. We're less than two years old. So to say we were in a great place when this went down – you know, absolutely not. Like we all know how slim the margins are and how tough this business could be. And, you know, we're doing all right, but we certainly don't have the cash reserves to weather, you know, months of shutdown. Our business model doesn't really work for to-go food. You know, I mean, sure. We could do a a Mm, huge, a huge, we could do a pivot and like do something completely different, but you know, there's so many people out there doing to-go food that is meant to, you know, that they're good at. So that didn't really make sense for us. Uh, we can't legally sell cocktails to go. Interesting. We could do cocktail kits, but um, so what's a co- what's a cocktail kit? You mean everything without the alcohol? Yeah, yeah. You can do it with wine. You know, you can do like. Cocktail kits where you supply the vermouth and the fortified wines and stuff like that. Because we do have a, a license that allows us to sell beer and wine off-premise, but not liquor. Um, and that's something that I don't think the governor – I mean, if they haven't gone – if the OCC hasn't changed that rule now, they're not going to. So, it, For you guys, it's called the OLCC? 
Yeah, Oregon Liquor Control Commission. That's interesting because um, we previously spoke with Liam Bear. You know Liam very well. In California, the ABC is allowing us to do to-go cocktails, including the booze. And so it's interesting to hear that that they're they're not yet allowing you guys, and you don't see that on the horizon either. Yeah, no, they're they've always been notoriously strict. I think you know the joke is Pennsylvania is the only control state that's worse than we are as far as certain things. Sorry to interrupt you, but would you mind explaining uh, what a control state means for maybe non-industry people or people outside of Oregon? Um, Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, I can only speak from Oregon. Um, I think there's like nine, uh, seven or nine in the country. I've only had experience with Oregon, but the way it works here is the state controls all the liquor. If, you know, every single liquor store in the entire state, the prices are the exact same. They're all set by Hmm. the state. Um, if you actually work in one of these liquor stores, you work as a contract, a subcontractor for the state of Oregon. Um, so the pricing, the pricing you can charge is the same with a competing liquor store. You can't charge every lick every liquor store it charges the same exact price, and it, that price wow. is set by the state. And it's frustrating. You know, my biggest complaint with the system is that as a business owner, I get a five percent discount. So you walk, you know, consumer walks in, buys a $100 bottle of whiskey. They spend 100 At me as a bar, I spend 95 What? And here's what's even crazy. Here's the worst part. If I buy one bottle, one case, five cases, 10 cases, 20 cases, you pay the same exact bottle price. There's no... Uh, no case discounts. A lot of people talk shit about the OLCC and, you know, some of it's warranted. They, I think they do a pretty good job overall, you know, but the fact that they don't give bars volume discounts is a problem. Like it, show me any other business where volume discounts do not happen. Like, you know, like, like that's, this is just how the market works. So that's my biggest, um, my biggest qualm with it. You know, there's good parts about it, like local small distilleries, they can get on these liquor store shelves. That's why Oregon has so many good distilleries mm. because it's no pay to play. It's not like, oh, you got to pay 20 grand just to get on Costco's shelf. Like any, if there is demand for your product, you will be on a liquor store shelf. So it allows the little guys shelf space. And is that why there's so many like microbreweries in, in Oregon? Is that part of the uh, reason? I mean, I think Oregon just in general is always like a very DIY place, like wine, beer, spirits, you know, the whole Oregon trail, like go out here and, you know, do something for yourself, I guess. I don't know. It's a, it's a different vibe here from other places I've been in, in a very, in a good way. So do they do, do you guys have to deal with distributors then the way we do in California? So that's that's where it gets so confusing. We have reps, but the reps can't really do that much, you know. They can come in and and buy their product and buy drinks for people, you know, like that is the one way that they can come in and spend money, but you know, they can't give you discounts on deals. They can't give you liquor. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but it's not legal. You know, like I'm sure cases come out of trunks at times. Like it's not rampant, but the system here is pretty tight. So, you know, the one way that brands support is they come in and, and, you know, spend money on cocktails and food and stuff. But it's not like 
other cities where I've lived. But in the same way, you know, when I was in New York, you know, the stag came out and the William Laurie weather and the Sazerac 18. If we wanted any of those bottles, we had to buy a case of Eagle Rare just to get one one bottle. Like, I think that's like a con of the other the other side mm. of the system. So we, we don't have the, the we don't allocation. have that level of we get allocations, but we're not extorted for them like you can be in other markets. So mm. so then let me get this straight. So you guys don't deal with distributors though the way we do in California. You you're the state is your distributor. Correct. But the but my actually my distributor is my liquor store guy. So the liquor store owners, they make I think it's it's either two or three percent. Like that is their profit. They rent the building, their employees are paid for by the state. And so for the liquor store owners, it's all about restaurant and bar accounts because if you, they're making a flat percentage, so it's all about sales. You want the most sales possible. Hmm. Where do those come from? Bars and restaurants. So wait, so a liquor store owner is a government employee? Uh, they're a subcontractor. Yeah, they're technically okay. a subcontractor for wow. the state of Oregon. Um, do they make deliveries? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so, like, my liquor store is five blocks down the street. Yeah, so I remember. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, right. <laughs> we we order light. <laughs> you know, it made sense for me to go through them because they're right down the street. But um, you know, they've also been really good to me. I don't think they have a lot of cocktail bars, so I get offered all the high end whiskey that I want, and I use Eleventh Avenue Liquor, and they're they're awesome. You know, it's forming those relationships with your liquor store because when stuff's allocated. You know, it might not be in the computer system. They can just kind of dole it out as they see see fit. And is this this is basically is is this have to do with prohibition? The fact that you're you know this was the system that that was put back into place after prohibition. After you prohibition. know, the, the, the other mm-hmm. law that always blows people's minds is um, we legally have to sell food. You can so if you serve beer and wine, you don't have to sell food. If you serve hard alcohol. You are required by the state of Oregon to sell food, and you have to you have to submit a menu when you get your liquor license. Is that why so many strip clubs have really good food in Portland? Exactly, that is exactly <laughs> why. Because they, you know, they have to. Speaking of which, have you heard about Boober Eats? No. Uh, I mean, they're not calling it Boober Eats anymore, but uh, Luck, Lucky Devil in Portland. When since this all went down. They started doing uh, food delivery and uh, two, uh, they have pasties on, but yeah, but two strippers come <laughs> to your house and deliver your food. It's a $30 service charge, but they just started this week. Um, they put up a tent in their parking lot and you can pick it up and it's drive through. So it's like $30 for the driver and then an additional $10 for each person in the car. And there's like... <laughs> Two poles on it. It's it's so Portland. It, I love it. It's, uh, Boober eats. Yeah, they got a cease and desist, so that now they're calling it like Lucky Devil eats. But yeah, Uber yeah. was not having it. <laughs> That's pretty creative. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean people here are, are getting creative. There's a lot of people have done some pivots, and and the thing that seems to be working is just the um, the forty to sixty dollar thing that feeds two to four people. You know. I think yeah. that's really what is working out best for takeout places here. There's some places that are some wine 
wine bars that are doing a lot of to-go wine sales and that seems to be going well but when we started off so many places out the gate were like we're doing this and this and this and this and then very quickly you know a lot of places slimmed down because i always joke that there's so many portland restaurants in portland that it's it's just the cooks and the bartenders and the servers that really keep them all afloat and now that we're not working like we you mean when they're off yeah you know visiting each other yeah industry yeah wow that's how i see you know you've been here there's so many places like it's ridiculous yeah i mean but that's you know from my perspective i obviously didn't know whether or not the market could support it but i was i was always impressed by the level of quality that i saw compared to the population size you know Hmm. absolutely i always said to myself and you know and i don't mean this in a a bad way but i always thought like portland is the only uh non-major city in the states that i would consider living in that's why i'm here you know like i i totally agree with that statement we have a big city food scene but like a small town like i can go hiking fishing i like it's not a big city and that's that's what I like about it, but yeah, and I was always impressed by the quality of the cocktail bars, the food scene, the 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 restaurants that were operating at like pretty high level. You know, uh, coming from having had that New York City experience, I still uh, looked forward to, to you know visits to Portland, um, and that always impressed me. Yeah, in terms of uh, you mentioned, you know, a lot of places getting creative with their solutions to survive. What have you guys been doing in the uh, in the interim? You know, you mentioned that your landlord is is definitely uh, on friendly terms and, and being helpful. I know you guys have your hands cuffed as far as the liquor sales. Have you been able to do anything? Um, so, you know, basically when this whole thing went down, we have a pretty small staff. I reached out to all of them individually and, you know, just kind of chatted with them and kind of tried to feel where they're at as far as, you know, being comfortable while not working and whatnot. And, um Fortunately, pretty much everyone is in a a pretty good place. Several of them have significant others that don't work in the industry. And so, you know, I decided against doing anything like a GoFundMe for the staff or, and just because the way I kind of looked at it, everyone's struggling right now. We are currently working on, you know, something along those lines, but uh, with a t-shirt thing. So it's going to be you pre-order. Uh, the goal is going to be to sell 250 of these and that should bring, um, you know, a, a, a nice little chunk of money in, you know, just to kind of just support and keep things going. Is it like the traditional Deadshot t-shirt or is it like a new kind of design or something relevant to the times? I want it to be the Deadshot shirt. I'm, I'm talking with them right now about, but putting a, another, uh, logo on it, like, I don't want. I don't want to say commemorating, but I can't think of a, a different word right now. Uh, you know, but <laughs> memorializing, signifying. You know what what that shirt represents. You know during these times. But you know we're just really kind of focusing on a plan to reopen because we are going to obviously reopen. I feel a little bit more confident about the bar and its ability to succeed right off the bat. Just given the fact that the tasting menu style restaurant uh, model is a little dependent on tourism, 
Um, and, and that's going to be something that I, I don't think is going to come back as quick as everything, you know, like yeah. that's my big concern. Like when are, when are people going to start traveling again? I don't think it's going to be this summer, you know? Yeah. Especially if people consider the Pacific Northwest, maybe a hotspot for the coronavirus, uh, and right. you know, because of Seattle proximity. Yeah. Uh, well, they won't be going to New York if they're thinking that. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. Um, but I think in general, you're right that travel will be severely restricted. I mean, I don't even think, I don't even think really the stay-at-home orders are going to be lifted through the summer. At least not in California. I think, you know, we have a what seems to be a pretty responsible governor, um, and I think he's probably going to, you know, lock it down, even maybe at the behest of, of. Uh, some of the business interests in the state. Yeah. You said that the paycheck protection program uh, money has come in for you guys. So is that enabling you guys to at least keep all your employees on payroll? To be honest with you, like the amount of money we got approved for, we would burn, you know, if we would burn through it so quick, you know, there's a couple different aspects to this loan. And I will also preface this by saying that, um, you know, I have three business partners. Uh, we all have different roles in the company. My role is primarily, you know, very service oriented. And um, I tackle, you know, the operation of the bar side of things. And one of my business partners definitely like focuses more on back of the house operations, financials. Um, so I'm not completely versed on the entire loan, but my understanding is, um, you know, we've already laid our staff off. So that, oh, that, that okay. option of paying the staff and then the paying the staff with that money, that just means you don't have to pay them loan back, you know? So, Correct. so we, we wanted to lay everyone off as soon as possible so they could start collecting unemployment. In all mm-hmm. honesty, I did not expect something like the CARES Act to happen so so quickly. Um, I know unemployment is different for every state. I think it's pretty decent in Oregon. Plus, uh, those $600 weekly payments have started processing as of uh, just a few days ago here. I know I've already received one of mine. So for unemployment, you mean, or for, so, um, the way the unemployment system works, every state's different. Like oh, right, in right. Arizona, in Arizona, the maximum you can get is $240 a month. Whereas like Oof. the average person <laughs> in Massachusetts gets over 500, but to make up for those disparities, the federal government as part of the, the whole stimulus package, put out a federal payment of $600. Okay. And essentially if you once you get that money, if you know some people are going to make more money than they were making, but that's just right. going to get taken back on taxes next year. Oh, I see. I do think that people are going to be struggling, you know, with payroll, and and I do foresee the way this one went down. Like we were fortunate in the way that we got access to some money, not a lot, but some. But so many people didn't, you know, and there's other things they could do that isn't giving money out, but would provide so much relief, like uh, relief on payroll taxes and just all these other fees and taxes associated with running a business. Hopefully, we'll see another round of 
something because I do, I do think this stimulus package benefit you know did benefit the the larger corporate restaurant groups like I'm sure you guys I don't know did you see that article about Ruth Chris Steakhouse they got uh 20 million dollars and this is this is a publicly <laughs> traded company that has 86 million in cash big business rules this country lobbyists rule this country you know when it comes to policy that's not unexpected in this country I suppose <laughs> So, um, in light of the fact that you know the, I, I want to say ABC, but you're you know the Oregon Liquor OLCC. OLCC. <laughs> I can't remember. The in light of the fact that the OLCC isn't allowing you know the sale of to go cocktails and stuff, do you have you seen maybe other uh, creative? Well, this is a thought I had when Payment was explaining to me the situation in Oregon, and my mind immediately thought of prohibition thinking that is there an underground black market for cocktails starting to starting to brew in your area there is for sure um we have one service here in portland that's called blind pig i think i don't know the person running it um but i i happen to see like a instagram story repost and i've never met this person but it took me less than 15 minutes of finding out about their cocktail delivery service that was supposedly anonymous to actually figuring out who was running it. And, you know, like I'm a hustler. I give it to people. Yeah, do what you got to do, but be smart about it. And in Oregon, with a state-controlled system, we have to get a permit to sell alcohol. It would really suck to come out of this and be blacklisted from getting a service permit in the state of Oregon just for, you know, making a few bucks on the side. And I know people are, you know, some people are doing it. Oh, this is a donation based thing. And it's like, yeah, you can say donation based all you want, yeah. but unless the mm. person is sending you a receipt from them donating to a 503 nonprofit, <laughs> You know, it's, it's not a donation. No, no. Yeah. I mean, call it, call it whatever you want, but you know, the way I look at it, like, cause I had a friend that was kind of doing it and I told him, I'm like, you know, there's like six or seven enforcement agents who work for the state of Oregon that have nothing to do right now, you know, <laughs> like, so, I mean, I think there's ways to do it if you want to do it, but you just, no one should be posting about it online. You know, like specifically tell people, don't thank me online for this. Tell your friends, but don't blow me up online. And on that spirit, should we be bleeping out that name? Uh, I know uh, on this show we don't we don't condone snitching because uh, snitches get stitches. <laughs> Never. Uh, B- blind blind pig. Yeah. I mean, they're they're they've. They've put themselves out there on social media all over Portland. They have an they have, they have an Instagram page. So they're dry snitching. That's the Damn. worst no, kind. You, no, no. I mean, you can you can, <laughs> well well, and that's 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 why I think it's dumb because you can go to their Instagram page and get a link to a Google form and place your order for cocktails. It needs if you're gonna do it. They're not it even needs, like disguising it as like buy this T-shirt. It needs to it needs to be hand to hand. Like you you gotta like come with a reference like. I mean, we're, you know, you live hand, in New York. Technique. Anybody who's seen The Wire knows. Yeah, that's, dude. that's the way to do it. You gotta get the little kids to do it. They can't. <laughs> they can't go to jail. It's like delivery service weed in New York City. Like you never got 
a delivery without a reference. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. even 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 the Coke delivery service uh, that I have here in LA is the same way. <laughs> <laughs> reference only. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm like looking too much into this, but like I said, like it would suck to come out of this and be banned from selling liquor in this state to be banned yeah, is from it doing really your worth job. It? And I know I know the Oregon uh, unemployment system has had some issues. I've had I have more than a handful of friends that have not received any benefits, but you know, for the other ones as an owner, I used to skip a lot of paychecks. I've gotten my last couple on insurance, you know, unemployment payments and like I'm all right. Like and I'm hoping that other people in my industry are as well. Well, it's an interesting time. I think it's um it's definitely new territory for for government agencies for politicians for for everybody you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if out of this some good came about in terms of maybe states or agencies reevaluating how they administer some of their laws i know you know we're fortunate in california that the abc quickly changed the rule that enables us to do to go drinks um and hopefully you know, states like Oregon, they're not that far behind in some of these measures because, you know, if you're if you're forced to shut down and the main thing that you sell is now illegal to sell, well, yeah. now you have a prohibition in effect. Do you think the longer this goes that the state will maybe change their tune? Well, one thing I heard today on NPR that kind of worried me a little bit was um, – you know, different phases of the government plan. And one of them was reopen restaurants that can provide social distancing experiences, but not reopening bars. And, you know, right. the, the, the reason that bothered me was because I li- literally last night was having a conversation with like uh, with my dad. And he's like, you know, the, um, the way Deadshot is laid out, like it's, like you, you could socially distance there very well, and I like we have three booths that are like apart from each other, a couple tables. Like we could set that bar up in a way that, you know, given table service, like we could be fifty percent capacity, and everyone could be six feet from each other. You know, when I heard that, oh, restaurants could open but bars not, I'm like, fuck. Like, are you technically considered a bar in terms of your license? There's there's no differentiation. Because everyone has to serve food, you're you're all like you all have to follow the same rules as far as like serving, you know, just as far as the serving stations and just general regulations. So I wonder if you can get away with being a restaurant then, because in California the distinction is made between a Type 47 license and a Type 48 license, where one is for a restaurant that serves alcohol. And the other is for a pure bar that doesn't have to serve food at all. Yeah. And so in California, it's easy to to delineate who's a bar and who's a restaurant because you have those licenses making that distinction. But if you don't have any legal distinction happening from the OLCC or from the state, then you could probably just be like, hey, we are a restaurant. And we're actually – our dining room is right right here you're serving food that might be something that is a state-by-state thing and i do think when it comes down to it it's going to be our governor that opens us up not the federal government hopefully i just i just don't think that until there's a vaccine i don't think there's 
really going to be responsible, relaxing yes. of these restrictions. But what do I know? Yeah. Adam, final question for you. Uh, I know you're a big jigsaw puzzle guy, but what's your video game of choice these days now that you're uh, homebound? So uh, when I first started, I was playing Risk on my phone, which I grew up playing Risk against my brother. Uh, I love that game. And the Risk game for the mobile, for the phone, is fucking awesome. Like, I really <laughs> think it's good. Like, I've yeah, and you get to play with friends. Or you can play with random people or against like like bots or whatever, but it's computer, yeah. Yeah. It's that's a lot of fun. And then um one of my golf buddies, because I have been playing a good amount of golf during this, it's a it's a good social distancing sport. He had a PS4 that he doesn't use, so he lent it to me. So I've definitely been playing some Call of Duty Warzone. Oh, um, you got it. You got to jump on, man. I've been. I know. Uh, I, know. I was playing right before uh, I jumped on this call. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam, thanks uh, for joining us again and give us giving us your your wisdom and your insight as far as uh, how you guys are dealing with this novel situation. No pun intended. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was good chatting with you. Thanks for uh, thanks for reaching out. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Peace.